You're listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast, where we aim to help our church think biblically and grow as disciples who love Christ and live sent for His glory. For more information about our church, visit www.fairfaxbible.org or follow us on social media. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast. My name is Matt Rumba. I serve as one of the elders here. I'm with my boy, Ryan Shaughnessy. Ryan, hello. Hello, welcome. Everyone. Thanks, Matt. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, especially after a good lunch with you. Yeah? My day is looking pretty good. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I feel yeah. honored. Now, you and I have a task in front of us. We are the second episode of this here podcast series. Uh, Jeff and Carissa and your wife crushed it yeah, the, the first time. The bar is up here right yeah. now. Yeah. So... Yeah. So. If you haven't listened to that, you, you got to go back and listen to it. They they definitely nailed it, talking about how to consume news and media with wisdom. They brought a lot of good golden nuggets to yeah, us. Yeah, they sounded great. Oh, yeah. It was applicable and knowledgeable, and well, now you're stuck with us. So sorry, everyone, but uh, good luck. we'll do the best we can here. So yeah. Ryan and I are here to talk about, uh, I think, a pretty important subject. It's definitely a theme in the Bible, and you know, I've been leading a small group for a while. You lead a small group for a while, and I think you know when we talk to, especially young men about some of the issues that are important for them or that they struggle with. This is an issue that pops up a lot, this for issue sure. of anger. Yeah. What is anger? What is godly anger? What is righteous anger? I experience anger a lot, especially as a dad. I have two daughters, uh, 17 and 15, <laughs> so you can guess that anger is a factor in my house. You have two daughters? Not 17 and 15, but they will be there soon enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I, I think for a lot of us, we perceive that, uh, you know, anger is a, a, it's an honest emotional experience, but not very many of us feel like we're really good at it, that we know what to do with this thing. And I feel like my anger sometimes controls me more than I control it, which I don't think is what the Lord would have for us. So Ryan and I are hopefully going to shed a little bit of light on that today, give you some insights that we've been learning about, and I, I think it's important to add here, neither of us would say that we are experts or, or uh, have arrived uh, at this, but we, I think we've learned some things and happy to share that. Yeah, so. definitely have some experience, we'll say, not <laughs> yeah, experts, though. Yeah, maybe even unfortunately. So um, so when we were teasing this up, I know you said something uh, that sounded sort of familiar to me, um, and it, talking about sort of how you came to be interested in learning more about this subject. <laughs> Uh, I sort of have my own story, uh, sort of how I decided I, I needed to understand this better. Uh, but I'd love to hear yours first. Yeah, I like how you said that, kind of how I chose to do that. It was almost like a, a trial by fire. So I would have said that I I wasn't angry at all. I mean, I I consider myself a, an extremely patient and laid back person. I still am, of course, but um, I, I really started to see anger come out when. There were a lot of unmet expectations when we had our first daughter. So w- when I thought about like what fatherhood was going to be like, I I had this thing in my mind like we're going to do all this fun stuff. I had uh, the trips we were going to go on, like the sports we'd play and watch together, um, actual conversations, you know, like things that human beings do with each other. Uh, but no one no one told me that like when kids come out, they're they're babies and they can't do all that stuff. <laughs> I, this I was say, news to you. I say that in jest a little bit, but yeah, just the the unmet expectations in my mind and in all seriousness, there were, there were many painful days and nights where I just wanted to be needed by my child. I wanted to be able to serve my wife and like let her sleep and, and give her a break. Um, but there's this, this constant scream in my ear, which I'm sure a lot of 
parents have, have dealt with, that constant scream. And actually, I think your wife, Christy, got a firsthand experience with this, with Grace. When, <laughs> she was telling me the story lately. When she came yeah. over to uh, to drop off a meal for us. By the way, side note, I'm going to encourage all of you guys to to have kids just so you can get Christy Rumbaugh to bring you pesto chicken. That's like the signature meal when you it, when you have babies. It's so really good. It was delicious. But yeah, I mean, Christy, Christy got to experience that with Grace firsthand when she dropped off that meal. But anyway, it seems like... Seemed like my kids hated me, wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> which I mean, let's be honest. Mom had, uh, she had. You're ready for them to be teenagers, then? Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'm going to look to you for a lot of wisdom. But yeah, mom had what they actually wanted, and that, I took that extremely hard, extremely personally, and I just found this anger like coming up, seemingly out of nowhere. But mm. uh, as I've I've kind of looked at it and processed it and dealt with it, I've I've started to learn that anger can really express itself in in different ways. So that anger was was always there, but it was just expressed differently when I became a dad. Hmm, okay. Yeah, my my own sometimes I like to say it's it's still ice cream but a different flavor. Uh and you know, I think for me, I would have thought my, of myself as a pretty laid-back person too. Hmm. Like I, I didn't feel like I get easily upset by things. I don't think of myself as having an explosive temper. Sure. Um, you know, in my house, uh, when I was growing up, my mom was the one who was a little more prone to get anger or to to express that. My dad was always like more or less calm about things. Um, so if my dad was angry about something, I knew I had done something wrong because, you know, when the Bible talks about being slow to anger, which we'll get into quite a bit today, um, I would have told you that my dad was that way. And I wanted to be that way. And I just sort of assumed that I was. And as I got married, especially I'd say in the last couple of years, um, you know, I, I noticed that when I would get angry about things, it just it didn't it didn't do what I would have wanted it to do. Um, yeah, I, I just you know, I, even if I wasn't like like really like yelling or, or some of those things, even if I thought of myself as being like very calm and focused on something, I realized that I was hurting the people that I loved. It wasn't constructive. It wasn't helping things get better. And there was actually an incident not uh, earlier this summer where, um, you know, Christy and I were having a, a, an argument. I'll be plain spoken here about <laughs> something. I don't remember what it was at this point, but I could just see. And I didn't even think that I was particularly angry, uh, but I could just see in the course of this conversation that I was crushing her. And, you know, she said at the end of it, like, look, I can't deal with you getting this angry about stuff. And that's when I realized I'm not in control of this thing. It's not doing what I would want it to do. And that was a moment of confession and repentance for me with my wife. And so so went out there and said, OK, well, who can help me be wise about this so that I'm not crushing the people that I loved with this thing that I obviously don't have control over? And it led me to a book that we're going to reference a couple times today. I'll show you on the camera here. Hopefully you guys can see it. This book's called Good and Angry uh, by a writer called David Pallison. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I found that it had some really helpful insights. Um, so I'll share the first one uh, that was important to me, and then I'd love to hear your response to it. I know you've looked at the book a little bit, yeah. so you're basically familiar with it. Mm -hmm. I read it a couple months ago, so some of the details are, are past me at this point, although I'm sure I'm going to read it again at some point. Um, but sort of, you know, he's really helpful in sort of understand, helping us understand anger as it relates to the character of God, which I think is really important. But then also what the sort of experience of anger is emotionally, physiologically, all of that. Type. He's actually got a, a chapter on what the physiological response to anger in your body is, which is we're not going to talk about today, but it's still really interesting. So basically the the nugget, if, he, if you will, of, of his thing is that anger is what we experience when we perceive that something is A, wrong, and B, important. Mm -hmm. For me, that was a game changer. 
Um, and so for one thing, I, I recognize that I don't really have a great filter over what's wrong and what's important. And it really led me to do some deep thinking on that. So b- before I share a little bit more about that, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the interesting thing for me. So when I, when I was hinting at like earlier where anger was just being expressed in different ways, that was uh, also one of the, the interesting points in the book where he, he talked about some of us explode, some of us simmer, mm-hmm. and, and some of us seem dormant. Um, so having that in my mind as I'm thinking about anger, uh, but all of us experience anger. So the anger that I experienced before I had kids was just looked a little bit different than it did after I have had kids. So I think he refers to it as a, a difference of degree, not of kind, kind yeah. of like you said, like it's, it's ice cream, just a different flavor almost. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the one thing in the book that stuck out to me was just the, uh, how that's expressed as we're uh, looking at anger. Yeah. So you shared a little bit about this, uh, you know, uh, situation with your kids. But uh, like, what makes you angry? If you were to, and sort of, you don't have to share episodes necessarily unless you want to. <laughs> but like, theme-wise, like, what makes you angry? Usually, when people diss the uh, Chick Fil A peppermint milkshake, <laughs> that's that's the one thing that makes me angry. But no, I'm I'm kidding. Honestly, uh, so. For me, anger used to look pretty dormant. Okay. Um, it was that dormant thing. I would just kind of shake things off. I could retreat back by myself and didn't have any other people I had to worry about. Like I could just worry about myself. But now that I'm married, have kids, uh, work with other adults, it's ama- an amazing thing about, about the world <laughs> is you got to deal with people. Yeah. Uh, I, it turned into more of like a passive aggressive approach where um, I'll make comments under my breath or respond with a, a snarky attitude. I can be pretty snarky sometimes, yeah. uh, complain to other coworkers. So, it, it d- well, tell me if you think any of these things sound familiar to you. I don't know okay. if it's like this in your house, but, uh, y- you slam the door just like a little bit louder than yeah. you usually would, or, uh-huh. uh, y- you walk away just a little bit faster and your feet seem a little heavier than they usually do. So yeah. I think in the book, he described it as like the, the two inches where, where the magazine just like went up two inches. And that's a sign of of anger in in his life, so it's not always the explosion. Uh, it could be just moving the magazine up up uh, two inches. But I mean, honestly, like for me, it boils down to not being in control of something. Okay. So, Northern Virginia. Luckily, now with a lot of people working from home, we don't have to deal with traffic too much. But when we're stuck in traffic, and uh, I see that car in front of me that I like physically can't make them do what I want them to do. Uh, that definitely leads me to, to be angry or, uh, with my kids, like in that moment where I realize whatever I say or do right now, uh, is not going to turn the whining off. I don't, I hope you don't have to worry about that too much with, you would think, (laughs) you would think probably a little different, but yeah. I feel, I feel the necessary to add. I love my daughters a lot. They're really great. As do I. I love your daughters. I love my daughters. Uh, sometimes they can, they can, uh, drive the anger out of us, but, um, yeah. So those are the big things Or, or like at work, if there's a project that that I'm working on and, and it's in someone else's hands mm-hmm. and I can just see the, the schedule kind of slipping. Okay. Those are the things that really uh, hit that anger button for me okay. when, I, when I don't have control of something. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, I think, you know, when I was thinking about this, uh, the two streams for me is where I would really experience anger and especially that not helpful kind. So one is if, uh, if I perceive disrespect. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's, you know, if it's at work, you know, somebody didn't think my, my project went as well as it was supposed to, or, you know, they had a conversation with somebody else that I wish they had had with me or, or around the house, you know, I mean, 
that that can be you know if Chrissy's saying something like well why didn't you do this or that and I I can I can uh, I can perceive disrespect even when it's now sometimes it's legit but not nearly as often as I uh, thought it was or even currently think it is so that was uh, I realized that was a filter that I need to work on a little bit. And the other is just inconvenience. You know, mm -hmm. I realized a lot of what was triggering, and I know it's a loaded term in our culture right now, but uh, a lot of what was generating anger in me was just inconvenience. And that was an eye opener for me. That yeah. was definitely an area where I had to do some confession and repentance. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I see that in, in our house a little bit too. Just, uh, you mentioned it, it's something that we perceive as wrong and important. And that inconvenience is, while we think it's wrong and important, uh, in the grand scheme of things, not wrong and important. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it begs the question, we were talking about this a little bit out in the hallway before we came in here, but, you know, uh, if, you know, the idea that uh, experience anger when something's wrong and important, so it's legit, some things are legitimate to get angry about, but I don't really have a great filter about what's wrong and important. I need to do a better job of working on that and cultivating that. What would be your insider recommendations for somebody in, in a boat like that? For cultivating that? Yeah. For working on our filter about what's wrong and important. You know, and, and we joke about this, but it is a, it's a serious thing where um, the Word of God is going to be extremely instructive for us and uh, understanding the character of God and how He can be angry and even looking at Jesus when He is angry. Understanding those things is really going to help us as we're trying to, to see how is my filter with anger? And, and that's, we're reading scripture and understanding it, uh, getting a, a pretty good um, understanding of what anger looks like. So I, I shout out to my little uh, small group guys that, mm -hmm. that we've been uh, just a couple days ago. We, we started going through a reading plan together. So we're going through the gospels and like having that in my mind is like, I'm, I need to be daily in, in the word, uh, having that on my heart and having other men around me encouraging me in that too. Uh, really having an understanding of God's word is going to be is going to be impactful for understanding that filter of anger. Yeah, you know, it's I know we run the risk of sounding like a cliche when we say right. pray and read your Bible. Mm. But you really need to pray and read your Bible. Like sure. I mean, that's where we learn the character of God. That's where we learn the heartbeat of God. That's where we learn to think his thoughts and where we learn to care about the things that he cares about. So the idea that I want to shift that perception of what's right and wrong uh, in a way that generates anger in me. Well, if I'm thinking about things from God's point of view, my filter's going to get uh, cleaner. It's going to get better. Mm -hmm. What other way do I have to do that other than spending time in His Word? Like, a lot. I mean, the, the idea from Psalm 1, you know, we, we want to be a tree planted by a stream of water. Yeah. Um, how else am I supposed to know His heart and, and, uh, and feel the things that He feels unless I'm spending time with Him in prayer? So... I know we run the risk of like beating this to death, uh, but it's so important. It's why we talk about it so much is because right. it just feeds everything. So even if it's even if it's not the emotional experience of anger, but if it's anxiety or fear or depression and uh, and some of those things, you know, the more we learn to think like God thinks and feel like God feels, the, I think the closer we'll be to experiencing things the way that He does. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. Well, speaking of the character of God. <laughs> um, 
Anger is actually a pretty significant part of God's character as it's described to us in Scripture. Uh, some of you are very familiar, I'm sure, with a passage Exodus 34, 6 and 7, where it says that he's uh, slow to anger. In fact, let's, uh, let me grab that real quick and I'll read that for us here. So I actually had my Bible open to another passage, but we'll read this one real quick. Let me actually get on the microphone too so people can hear me here. So yeah, so this is Exodus 34 and we want to look at verses uh, 6 and 7 here. And just context here, this is when Moses is actually on Mount Sinai uh, and there's an interaction here with with God, and he asked God to show him his glory. And God says, well, I can't show you the whole glory because that would burn you to a crisp. (laughs) Uh, But let me share a couple important things. So God describing the essence of his character to Moses, he says this, uh, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So right there in the middle of it, where God's describing the essence of who he is, there's that phrase, slow to anger. That shows up in a couple places within, and this will sound familiar to you, but certainly a familiar one, Proverbs 16.32, where it says, whoever slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So this idea of being able to control our anger, being mm-hmm. slow to anger, gives us a lot of power and authority. I'm sure many of you even think about the passage from James chapter 1, where James uh, counsels the people that he's writing to. says, you should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So this phrase shows up a lot. Some of you, I think, are familiar with the Bible Project podcast series. They've actually just finished a series on the anger of God. It's about six episodes long, but really, really powerful. Um, And so one of the things that they say in that, and and I'm sure, Ryan, you'll have some thoughts on this, so I want to invite you into this, but one of the things that they point out is, you know, in our mindset, we often draw a line between anger and punishment or justice. Like, uh, so my kids make me angry. I now have to punish them. That's actually not the dominant part of God's character. When God experiences anger in Scripture, when we're told that God gets angry, more often than not, the next step is that he shows mercy. Mm-hmm. It's not that he throws punishment at somebody. Uh, and this is a theme that shows up in that book a lot too, uh, Good and Angry. So, yeah, that was really insightful for me. Uh, I, I think it was for you too. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, and definitely while while we see that um, God is often merciful in those times, we we see the other side where his his judgment is a real thing, and in his anger, like his his wrath is poured out. But um, yeah, so often we see in the character of God his mercy. And and as as I was reading through a lot of that, and thinking about my own life and kind of the my response to anger and and what that looks like, um, a lot of those things about being slow to anger kind of came up too. I was actually talking to my wife about it, and she said. Yeah, you're you're pretty slow to anger. I think that may be a little relative in our household, okay. where where I just may be a little slower than others to mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. Um, but as I was thinking about it, like you you see all through Scripture that the wisdom in being slow to anger, and the danger in being quick to anger too. Yeah. So tell me tell me more about your thoughts on that. The the wisdom of being slow to anger. Yeah. Well, I mean, you highlighted James one nineteen where, where it says like, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. But the the second part of that, for for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you see the the danger in like that anger of man when it comes up, not producing the righteousness of God. Or uh, I mean, Proverbs is loaded with with this stuff about anger and, and wisdom. But Proverbs fourteen, whoever's slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Yeah. And then just right after that in Proverbs fifteen, a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. So wow, that's l- looking at the wow. word of God and just seeing the 
the wisdom in being slow to anger and the danger in being quick to anger. Yeah. Uh, quick and anger is uh, was important for me. Yeah, you know me. I, I like a good word picture. Oh yeah. And I uh, I think of anger as maybe a little bit like fire. Uh, fire is great. Fire helps us cook food. It gives warmth. It gives light. It's fire is awesome. Fire is also dangerous. And fire is hard to control. And when fire gets out of control, it can be destructive. Uh, and so I think anger is very much a similar way. It can be good. You know, if I perceive that there's an injustice being committed mm. someone and anger drives me into that situation to want to do right. Or, you know, anger, you know, I, I perceive that something is wrong and important, like injustice or disobedience or something like that. And I, I want to, you know, step into that and bring them closer to the heart of God. It can be good, but it can also be dangerous. And certainly in my experience that I shared about earlier, I was finding it was destructive. Uh, and so learning kind of what, what is this thing really is and learning how to sort of control it and, and have it more in the hands of God than in my own judgment and, and discernment uh, was really valuable. So... Part of this uh, being quick to anger and, and even looking at how, how anger shows up in our life. So I was, uh, I know you're going to hate this, Matt. I'm sorry. Why would I hate this? So Matt, if you guys don't know Matt, he's one of those those uh, Christmas purists <laughs> where Christmas, any ideas of Christmas, though, like no garland, no lights, no Christmas music, not even talking about Christmas. That can't happen until after Thanksgiving with Matt. Am I pretty accurate with that? Well, I mean, you talk about Christmas. Like, I'm already starting to think about what Christmas gifts I want to buy for people and all that. But yeah, we're not playing Christmas music at our house yet. Yeah, well, Matt doesn't really look forward to the uh, the coming of Jesus as much as <laughs> as much as my family does. But all right, so the next episode of our series is going to be how to treat Christmas with the respect it uh, deserves. I'm going to bring us back in here a little bit. But on, there's a lot of times in my anger uh, towards my wife or my kids or even my friends or a coworker where there can be a, a sense of retribution that yeah. uh, comes along with that. And yeah. obviously we don't, we don't see that um, in the character of God, but that right. comes out a lot in, in my life. And uh, like, I'm trying to hurt them for hurting me. And yeah. I was, this is where Christmas comes in. I was actually watching the Grinch with uh, Grace the other day and I was mindlessly watching, but as soon as this line came up, it hit me. And I was like thinking about this. He said, the Grinch said, it was me. I stole your Christmas uh, because I thought it would fix something from the past, but it didn't. And that's kind of like uh, how I was thinking about anger. Is like we can be pretty vengeful in our anger, thinking that it's going to fix something from the past in some way. Uh, but that's obviously not the case. And it, there's you can see how hurtful and dangerous that can be as well when we don't have that right understanding yeah. of anger and God's anger and, and uh, modeling uh, after uh, the character of, of God. That is a fantastic point. I've certainly seen that in my own family. You know, I, I've seen, you know, things that happened years and years and years ago and and people in my family where, like, they're still angry about it. And they think that right now feeling angry about that is actually doing something about it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it just, it doesn't. The only thing that it does is is eat them up. So, yeah, it's it's destructive. Yeah. Again, anger can be good, but anger is often destructive. So there's one more point I want to throw in here, and that is, you know, um, I, I don't know about you, but the people that I uh, experience anger the most with are actually the people that mean the most to me. It is this crazy thing. I, I've said this in small group any number of times. Nobody makes me happier than my wife, Christy. <laughs> nobody makes me angrier than my wife, Christy. There you go. It's... As it can be really frustrating. So this person that I love more than anything 
also bears the brunt of you know this this thing that mm-hmm. I experience and that that I, I need to bring to the Lord and bring control over. So you've alluded to that a little bit. What's your own experience there? Uh, I would definitely definitely say the same thing. I'm going to ask you a question. Have yeah. you ever had to apologize to a two month old? To a two month old? Yes. I don't remember having to apologize to a it, two month old. It's a very. I've humbling. apologized a lot to fifteen and sixteen and seventeen oh, yes. year olds. It's a very humbling experience to yeah. say the least. And and honestly, like I've had to do that many times when I'm quick to anger, and I think that's an important response to us being anger ang- angry. So, um, in, in our home, like we try to to be quick to forgive and uh, have that real forgiveness, yeah. but and quick uh, in our reconciliation too. Uh, there's been many of times where I've had to ask my kids for forgiveness, and yeah, me uh, too. Even like in that action, there's a lot of tears. I, you may be able to commiserate with me a little bit, having two girls, my wife, my my dog is is a a female dog too, so I, I'm completely outnumbered in that. But <laughs> it can be very emotional. But yeah, uh, I, I've really had to let Ephesians six four kind of uh, mold me as a father, where it, it says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger." Uh, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And and like I said, there's many times where I've had to ask for that forgiveness and model that and be quick to uh, ask for forgiveness and also quick to forgive in our home. So uh, modeling that for our kids and even like in our community, yeah. uh, being able to, to um, ask for forgiveness when we wrong somebody uh, or when we're angry with somebody, a neighbor or a coworker, whatever that may be, um, having that mindset of Christ and, and being quick to to ask for forgiveness and, and uh, forgive as well. Yeah, I mean, humility, confession, repentance, ask for forgiveness. Yeah, it's it's a long stretch, uh, but it's it's really joyful. Um, so the, the the you know so in the book he doesn't really de- well he he gets into it a little bit this idea of good anger versus bad anger. But I think uh, to summarize what he says is is those definitions aren't quite so helpful. Instead, he has a phrase that I think is a little bit hard to understand, but maybe we can explain it in its most simple way to people. And that is the constructive displeasure of mercy. Again, going back to this idea that in Scripture, the dominant pattern uh, of the character of God is when he experiences anger, his next step is to show mercy. Mm-hmm. And in the book, Pallison coaches us on some ways to do that. I'll admit, I'm still trying to understand a lot of that and trying to understand some of the behaviors that come with that. But if you could explain to the people the simplest way, what does he mean when he says the constructive displeasure of mercy? Uh, I would probably say the opposite of whatever I do. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I I am not that person uh, by any means. And I think he, how I looked at it when in in the book, especially was he he says that to be human means uh, you come created with the capacity for for just anger, mm-hmm. um, and that anger comes naturally to you and I. So uh, both he says both the good and the bad are like parts of this package we call a human. Mm-hmm. So having that understanding, like obviously we're not Jesus, we're, we're not perfect. Uh, so our anger is going to tend towards sinful anger and right. not that just anger. So um, yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I know for myself, it, it doesn't come out uh, really ever as that, that holy and just anger. Usually comes out of me as that sinful anger. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I think, you know, I've, I've really tried to, uh, process this phrase a lot over the last few months. I mean, even something simple happened in my house and I don't remember specifically what it was, but I remember, you know, something came, it was probably with one of my kids and I remember thinking, okay, I'm experiencing anger. So is this thing wrong? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it important? I think so. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I could be corrected on that. And I invited my wife to, to speak into that and correct me. I'm like, I think this is wrong and important. Uh, if it's not, you tell me and I'll go for a walk around the block or something like that to try and disseminate some of this stuff. But if it is, how do we show mercy in this? Um, and we had that conversation. It was, since it was a parenting thing, I could invite my wife into that. Obviously, if it was a, a marital thing, that would be a little bit different. I wouldn't invite my kids to help me figure out an anger issue in my marriage. But uh, you know, with that one, it's like, okay, it's wrong and important. So it's a quote-unquote good anger here. How do I show mercy? You know, my instinct is to punish. My instinct is to, uh, you know, to like a punitive kind of thing. You have disobeyed or you have done this thing that is wrong and so here is your punishment yeah but i was really trying to think okay what the lord would do with us is to discipline us and correct us okay let me let me put that hat on how can i discipline here and correct so that we don't have this situation again so that we're sort of steering the heart toward you know being productive in this and being being more like jesus in this so even just that that little incident was helpful for me. It just allowed me to slow down a little bit and think, not just anger, not just retribution or punishment, but let me think to the merciful thing is to discipline and move toward obedience and 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 to do that together, not yeah. just in a punitive punishment kind of way. Yeah. So I have another question for you too, and I think we've talked about this a, a little bit, but when you're looking at something and and you say, uh, okay, that that's wrong and it's important what's the danger when we don't get angry in those situations? That's really interesting. And I think that's really important. He talks about that in the book um, that, you know, sometimes we'll say to somebody, well, I don't have an anger problem. I never get angry. Well, that's not right either um, because some things are wrong. Some things are important um, and they, they merit a response. Now, anger doesn't have to be explosive. It doesn't have to be, um, demonstrative. It doesn't have to be yelling. But anger at its core is is the thing that moves me toward wanting to see good done when I perceive that something is unjust. So if I look at a situation where maybe somebody in my office is just plain not being treated fairly, and I just think, eh, that's too bad for them. Well, that's not right either. I should be angry about mm -hmm. that. Um, now, I need to be constructive and productive in that anger, uh, but that should make me angry. When I learn that, you know, my, if, uh, hypothetically here, if my next door neighbor, I find out that like they're abusing their kid, I should be angry about that. And I should be moving toward uh, doing good in that situation. Right. So yeah, if I perceive that something is wrong and important and it's legit, like consistent with the word of God, uh, well then yeah, I should be angry about that. So, so to say that I'm never angry, well, that's just as much of an anger problem as I'm explosive and I'm, you know, screaming my head off at yeah, all the yeah. people that live in my house. So, yeah. All right. Well, we should probably land this plane. Um, Ryan, for you, big takeaway. If, if somebody who's kind of like, I think I might have an anger problem. I, what do I do? What's a, what's a first step? Uh, I think noticing that is a first step. So for me, the fact that I noticed that was like, oh man, this is something that everyone deals with just in a different way. So understanding that is is a great first step. And I, I know that sounds like, oh, that's not a good answer, but uh, just having that realization is probably a great step. And then kind of like what we've talked about, having a better understanding of the character of God and seeing how like uh, Ephesians 4 and Psalm 4 tells us that be angry and do not sin. Yeah. So knowing that you can be angry like we were talking about, like about those things that are wrong and important, uh, being angry and, and not sinning in that um, 
as you read scripture and, and dive into God's word, have a better understanding of anger through the lens of scripture, uh, you're going to be able to, to better be angry and not sin at the same time. Yeah, that's a really good point. So once again, the book is Good and Angry by David Pallison. I find it helpful. I, I think Ryan has too. When you finish it, it'll be even more helpful, right? That's right. So yeah, so recommended definitely from these two. And so for all of you, uh, thanks for being with us. And yeah, if this is really something that you're struggling with, I mean, certainly if, if somebody's in my small group, this is something that I would want them to come talk to me about. Uh, and if it's really serious, you know, maybe some counseling services from the church. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to get angry. So let's work on our filter so that we perceive what God sees as wrong and important, and let's learn the constructive displeasure of mercy. I think that would make a huge difference in our church, in the culture, and in Fairfax and Northern Virginia. So, Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast. If this episode was helpful for you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share with someone else. Until next time, we pray you continue to grow as a disciple as you love Christ and live sent.